0: All right, turn to Third John. We're going to start at verse one. Just a few scriptures to read. And just stand if you'd like. The elder unto the well beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thou so prosperest. For I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee. Even as thou walkest in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Beloved, thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren which have borne witness of thy charity before the church whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sword thou shalt do well because that for his name's sake they went forth taking nothing unto the Gentiles I am going to talk today on this The wish of a pastor. And we've done prayed, so I'm not going to pray. So you may be seated. Just simply the wish of a pastor. The writer of these verses today has traditionally been held as the Apostle John. John was the brother of the Apostle James he was also the son of Zebedee, a fisherman of Galilee. Jesus called them the sons of thunder. Um, his mother's name was Salome, who is believed to be um, a sister of Jesus. Uh, Jesus' mother, Mary. They believe that John's mother, and a lot believe that John and James's mother is actually a sister to Mary. And John, um, his brother James, and the, the Apostle Peter and Andrew, they were all partners in a fishing business prior to the fact of Jesus calling them to follow him. I found that very interesting. I don't think I really had never heard that, the fact that John and James could, could actually be the cousin, first cousin of Jesus. I found that interesting. Absolutely. It looked like a Fuller Hill thing going on, right? <laughs> But the Apostle John rose to a position of influence within the worldwide Christianity, and and, and at that time, and shortly before the destruction of Jerusalem, uh, which was in by the Romans in seventy A.D., he moved to Ephesus, which today is modern day Turkey. That's where Ephesus was located. Matter of fact, it's in that area where they believe that the um, um, Noah's Ark is actually located in Ararat. That's where they think that is at. John became um, pastor of the church of Ephesus. And he had a, a special relationship with all the other churches in the area that we know, we figure out from the letters to the seven churches of Asia in the book of Revelation. John's brother James was the first apostle to die. He was uh, basically had a, killed with a sword. But on the other hand, we see that John is the very last of the disciples to die. All the apostles died somehow, one way or another, a very violent death. All of them except for John. John died, they say, peacefully in ephesus at an old age somewhere around the year of 100 a.d um, although they tried to kill him they tried to bull him in a pot of oil it didn't work so they put him in the isle of patmos and and while he was in ephesus uh by order of the roman emperor Domitian, i think is how you say it john was exiled to this island i'm talking about a patmos and it is what's known as the cave of apocalypse it's located on this island i'm just trying to give you some history of who john really is for a reason here today in case you didn't know everything about john um and it was there on this aisle that the book of revelation uh was birthed by by john he's seen jesus he Uh, Jesus giving the revelation of the end times. And it is the last book of our Bible, the New Testament, the New Testament book of Revelation. It was written while there. John wrote other books uh, of the New Testament books, uh, accredited to the Gospel of John. um, The last of the the four Gospels we have in our Bible, along with 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. When, When he was released from exile, John returned to Ephesus, and he lived till the time of the Roman emperor uh, Trajan. And it's said that John founded and built churches throughout all of Asia, and he was worn out by old age, and he died 65 years after the crucifixion of Jesus, and he is said that he was buried near that same city of Ephesus. Now, I said all that today to make sure you understood where John was, how John came to be what he was. And in this opening text, in the second verse, the Apostle John, the pastor of Ephesus, writes something that this morning when I woke up at 5 o'clock, the first thing that came to my mind was uh, these scriptures come to my mind. I wish above all things... John said in the second verse, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper, be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. As I thought and I prayed, I, I felt strongly that today I just want to speak to those that's here, and I, I hope that anybody, even my, all those that's downstairs, the adults for sure, I want them to listen to this on the podcast later because I want to talk to you about the wish of a pastor John gave them the wish that he wanted in that third epistle of John he said I I wish he said I wish above all things and he gave them some things that he wishes and today I I want to talk to you about that and what an absolute amazing 15 year anniversary services we just experienced last week they were incredible I'm gonna to say today what an incredible ride that we have had over the last 15 years of Harvest House. Sister Chassid has been the hardest, greatest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah. It's been hard, but it's been great. Yeah. And there's no better way to celebrate the 15-year anniversary of this church's existence than with my pastor, my bishop Douglas White preaching to us, and my goodness, did he preach to us? Yeah uh has not been put on podcast and i will not put it on podcast because he asked me not to (laughs) now if if you wanted any of those sermons i can get them to you because i did record them he he said some things he didn't necessarily want to get out because he talked about his church and some things and he didn't want to bother any of his church people so that's one reason there's no facebook live and that's why i'm not going to put on our podcast but truly Jesus spoke to us all three nights. Bishop White gave us inspiration the first night. The second night, I think he tried to instill some fear of God inside of us. And I think that last night he tried to give us some hope through instructions of what would help lead this church to the greatest revival that us and Mary in Kentucky has ever seen. I believe that with all my heart. The first night, those of here, those who wasn't, he he spoke to us on what the heartbeat of me as your pastor has always been, and that's reaching the lost. And everybody, it doesn't matter what color they are, it doesn't matter what creed they are. It doesn't matter what their status is. It doesn't matter if they're rich, they're poor. It doesn't matter. It has always been the heartbeat of this pastor, your pastor, to reach and reach for souls and try my best to see people saved and their lives changed. I hope you know and believe that. And when he preached that sermon, I think he very much spoke to my heart of, of uh of what i've always wanted that's why we came to this city we li- that's why uh brother eddie we pulled away from star bethlehem in 2006 and we came down here and and we knocked doors and we invited people to church and we endeavored to get bible studies and we uh we would so many things that could go on with that because everybody jesus sees everybody from the cross he's seen everybody and that's what he talked about I'm not going to just go over and over that because i got some things I want to say today. But then Thursday night was a different kind of night. <laughs> he challenged us that it was time for us to make some life and death decisions. Because there were some things in our lives and everybody, whether it was our church or anybody, because of the time that we're living in, it was time to let some things die in our lives. And it was time to let some things begin to live in our life. For for greater things in our life to happen, and I have felt that so strongly in my life, Sister Valma, leading up to these services ever since the craziness has been going on last year that God, surely you're coming and we just can't live like we've always lived. There's, uh, We've had with we some things in our life that we need to be careful with and things we need to uh, make greater in our lives. And, uh, and I've seen, Brother David, things that in my beginning walk of Christianity, maybe I'd done a long time ago, There's some of that stuff, I, I can't entertain it all the time now because we've got to be more about the, uh, uh, the business of the kingdom of God. Romans, I believe it's Romans 13, Thirteen or eleven—I may have that reference wrong exactly—but it said, "Knowing the time that now it's high time to wake out of our sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than we would believe. The night is far spent, the day is on hand." He said, "Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light." And that this is what Bishop was speaking about Thursday night. And then Friday night, he closed these series of services out by challenging us to anchor ourselves to the altar. Amen. My goodness. Anchor us to the altar. We got because I'm going to tell you. We don't always like to pray, and that's why them horns was on that altar. And I remember preaching a sermon several years ago about being bound to the, uh, bound by the horns of the altar. Sometimes we've got to take things that will bind us to that altar, or God will get serious and he'll bind us to that altar, like he's talking about the guy with the guitar and cut his fingers off. I've seen it happen. I've seen, I've seen men, uh, seem like men more specifically, they, they never could really be anchored to the church unless... They didn't have a job. Because they had a job, they put it too much into their work. I'm not going to go there with all that, but if if this church, Harvest House, did not receive anything this week, God spoke to this pastor. God gave me strength and hope, instructions, inspiration, and direction for my prayers for this church and for this area. After preaching, Bishop White on Thursday night gave this tongue an interpretation. It's something that we don't have enough in our church the gifts of the Spirit working. And I'm thankful that God uses Bishop in that area. And God's going to use some of us in this area. I believe that with all my heart. I'd done turned the recording off. And I'd stepped to the pulpit and he began to speak it immediately understood that the tongue that he was speaking I knew that was, was going to have an interpretation with it so I hit record on my phone once again and I made sure to copy it down today and this is what he said hear my children for I will speak unto you this was to us okay I will speak unto you I have done things for all that they did not deserve I have been merciful to those who did not deserve my mercy. I have been good to those who have not been good to me. But I struggle with those who are ungrateful. And I'm weary of those who um, know not how to have gratitude. And he closed that, that tongues and interpretation with, with this I have blessed, I have touched, And now, I will judge. As a pastor, that is not an easy prophecy for me to hear. Because God is serious about having a church. He's serious about having a light. He's serious about having a refuge in every city in this world. Fifteen years ago, God gave me your pastor God gave me as your pastor a burden for this city of Marion and all the surrounding areas around us I have not done everything right but I have made an effort to build an apostolic church in this city I have preached to those as I preached to those here last Sunday I preached the burden of my heart. Sister Michelle, I talked about how I feel uh, about how important the church and being at the church is in our lives. I talked about why God sent us to this city, Sister Chastity. He sent us to this city because this city needs a refuge for people to run to and to be safe from the enemy of our soul. Because there is an enemy that is trying to destroy everybody. There's an enemy that wants to drag you down to the pits of hell. He would not be happy for you to think or live or want to serve God at all. So the devil is after our soul and he's trying to kill everyone and destroy any passion or burden we have for God. And as the prophecy Bishop White gave Thursday night, God has done things for all of us that we did not deserve. He has. Amen. Amen. He's given us things we did not deserve. He's, He's He's put blessings in our life that we did not deserve. I've seen God be merciful to those in in this church who did not deserve His mercy. I've seen Him give people chance after chance. And I'm not just talking about those in the seats, but even this pastor today. I've seen Him give us chance after chance when He did not have to do that. And He's shown His mercy. And I've seen God be good to those who've not been good to God. I've seen God pour blessings out on individuals that has sat in this church, uh, whether they're here now or not here. I've seen him give blessings to give them the, that just turn around and not been good back to God. And I've seen so many be ungrateful for this church, Harvest House, and for the things of God. And I heard one person say one time like this. I want to think it was Brother Aaron Bounds that said this. He said, what the church does not respect, the world will destroy. Amen. And what he meant by that, Brother David, is simply this. If we don't respect the privilege of coming to the house of God. And we don't respect the honor uh, and the uh, responsibility that we have as a child of God. This world will try its best to destroy, hallelujah. And I think we have seen that. The devil, the enemy of our soul, wants to destroy this church. But God sent me to this city to build a church, praise God. I am far from perfect. But I do believe I'm far from perfect. I make mistakes. As the prophecy, as the man of God told me several years ago when he came to me, he said, look, you passed the test, but you didn't make an A. I know I didn't do everything exactly perfect. Now, I'm not the perfect man, but I want to tell you what. I do believe that 15 years ago that God sent me here as a perfect man for the job, the pastor, and be the pastor of this city. I believe that. I can't do this by myself. I need you. And this pastor today, I have a wish list for this church. I don't know everything. But God has called me for such a time as this to Marion, Kentucky. And as Bishop preached Thursday night, he said something we need to hear again today. He said he felt judgment Against those who were ungrateful and weary of those who know not how to have grat- gratitude, and he said, "I he said I feel some finality coming to this church. That means something was going to come to an end." I'm telling you, his pastor that bothered me. <laughs> so I talked to him Friday. We went out to eat, and I said, "What do you mean? What do you feel?" What are you talking about? And this is what he told me he felt. And I, ple- I feel this. You guys need to hear this, okay? He said, It appears God is going to bring something to an end in Harvest House. He said, It could be bringing an end to the season that the church is in by removing those who won't get behind. The church and the burden of the church. He may be fixing to remove those out of the way and place some other people in their place. Those who won't get behind the burden. He said, but this is the thing. He said, this is what I feel. He said, I feel like if the church will get behind the burden that you have for the city and the burden that you have to build... A apostolic church in that city. That something great will happen. Amen. Amen. But then he, he added this. He said, but if they will not get behind you. God is going to move you. Amen. Amen. You need to hear that today. Because I'm telling you today. When he said, When he said that to us. Harvest House, I want to tell you, that is not what I want. I do not want God to move me from this city. I do not want God to, to uh, uh, whatever may be the case if it's if it closes the doors of these church or somebody else embraces this pulpit and becomes the pastor of this city I do not want that brother Eddie God sent me here 15 years ago and I want my heart to be buried in this city because I've seen kids grow up like destiny sitting back there and Jimmy who's been running around and hanging around with us I've seen Texas hallelujah what God has done for that boy and how God has done something great in his life and he's an incredible He's an incredible preacher. He's an incredible husband to my wife and, and father to uh, to my grandson. And he, I, I love him like my very own son. I love him so much. And I want to tell you what. I don't want God to move me from this city, Brother Eddie. But I'm telling you, I can't do it by myself. I can't reach this entire. We've done it 15 years ago. And my daughter reminded me of it uh, this week. said, Daddy, we just need to start all over again. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to start back all over again because that now then, if nobody else helps me and Jenkins grown and we've got, Jake, we got Texas with us now and we're going to do that that's what we're going to do sister Valma but I don't want to do this by myself and you, you know what I don't think you want me to do it by myself because I believe you want a church here as bad as I want a church here and it is the will of God for a church to be in every city so today I come to talk to you about what The wish of a pastor, not just any pastor, but your pastor. I hope you call me that. I consider myself the pastor of this church, whether you consider it to be your church or not. And my wish today as your pastor is the same as John's. My wish for for this church in this area today is the same as John's wish for the Ephesian church because I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and that you would be in health even as your soul, that your soul would prosper. I want to see everyone who comes into this church, I want to see your soul prosper. Hallelujah. Because that's the part of us that's going to live forever, Brother Eddie. It's the part of us that's not going to die one of these days these these bodies that we all house here today it's gonna die every one of us are gonna go by the wayside one of these days all these bodies that that we that, that we print and we try to make pretty and look good for everybody else that's gonna die this flesh is gonna die and if the lord don't come back and our bodies is not changed in that moment and we make heaven our home we're all gonna die But that part inside of us that's not going to die, that's our soul. It's eternal. It's going to live forever somewhere. Your soul is going to live somewhere forever. Whether it's going to be in hell or whether it's going to be in heaven. There's not but two options. There's not but two choices. We're either going to live for God and live forever in eternity. Or we're going to live for the devil in this world. Whether you think you're living for him or not. If you're not living for God, you're living for the devil. And then your soul is going to live in eternity in hell. So as my my wish today as pastor is everybody that calls me pastor and everybody that's not even sure if I'm their pastor and everybody that's even connected uh, to somebody that calls me pastor my desire and my hope is that your soul would prosper because if your soul prospers that means you're going to make heaven your home that means you're going to be blessed and I want to see everybody who comes into this church I don't want to see you live in frustration all the time because if your soul prospers you won't be frustrated Hallelujah. I'll just be honest with you. I've been living in frustration myself. Hallelujah. Because it's frustrating when you preach to people and they don't show up. It's frustrating when you preach to people that God can change their lives and they still walk a different way. That is my frustration as a pastor. And I don't want to see that. I've been frustrated in so many areas. But you know what? I want to see your soul prosper. I want to see you not live in frustration. Hallelujah. I want to see you enjoy life. I don't want to see you broke all the time. I want to see you prosper financially. I want to see you be blessed financially. I, I don't I don't want to see. Uh, I want to see your relationships. Praise God. I don't want them to be a constant cause. Of frustration in your life. But you know what. I want to see your soul prosper. I want to see your relationships prosper. I want to see you have good relationships with your kids. Good relationships with your parents. Good relationships with your spouses. I want to see you have all of them good relationships. Because if you do. That means your soul is prospering. That's what I want to see, Brother Eddie. Amen. Amen. I want to see your souls prosper. I don't want to see you addicted to drugs. I don't want to see you addicted to alcohol and cigarettes and pornography and gambling and and all the other things that will keep you from becoming what God has created you to be and keep you from being uh, uh, prosperous in your life. But I wish, the wish of this, Pastor, is for our souls to prosper. The soul will only prosper when we begin to develop a relationship with Jesus. We were created for God's glory. We've got to know that today. The only way your soul is going to prosper is, uh, is when we realize that we were created to, to give God glory. God wants, to, God wants us to acknowledge Him as a source of all wisdom. God wants us to acknowledge Him as being strength and Him as a where we get our riches. Because without Him, the things we do in life are ineffective. Brother Eddie, I just want somebody to realize that God created you for a purpose. And that's what's going to prosper your soul. It doesn't matter how young you are. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you've been in church all your life. Or you just got in church. Or you're not even sure you're in church. God wants us, praise God, to have an effective life. But without Him, everything we do. Without without him everything we do is ineffective but with him everything that we do becomes vibrant it becomes powerful it becomes great and that's the way that we prosper praise god and as a pastor I'm, my my wish as a pastor today is that we would make god a priority in our life praise god and that because when we do that our lives and our labor will begin to prosper in god it's only in that place. And as a pastor, this is what it's going to take for our church to go on and grow. That's my wish. I don't wish nothing bad on anybody, Brother Eddie. I, I wish that people would prosper. I want to see. Uh, I know Brother Jesse Hendrix wouldn't care a bit. But I want to see some Jesse Hendrix come in this church. Because when Jesse Hendrix came to start Bethlehem years ago. Uh, matter of fact, it was in the year of, uh, of 1994. Because he came in right after my dad got killed in '94. Brother Jesse came in working a dead-end job, making about 8 or $9 an hour. But now then, he's one of the head uh, maintenance guys in GE. And I'm not even going to tell you how much money he makes, but he makes a lot of money, and he's blessed. He's got a home that's almost paid for. He's got tractors that's paid for. He's got all this kind of stuff. Why? Because he is so Prospered. That is what I want for you. I want to see something great happen in your life. Hallelujah, David. I don't want to see you just be a worker there. I want to see you be a boss there one of the day, one of these days, or even somewhere else. Hallelujah, brother Eddie. I want to see you prosper. I want to be able to see you embrace your wife again and have her back in your house, brother David. I want you to prosper. We can see your kids in church. Hallelujah. I want to see brother Clark healed, and I I want to see everybody prosper. And He can only prosper our souls when we are in fellowship and obeying the calling of God in our lives. And when we're outside of the umbrella of God's favor, the things we do don't have much of an impact. But keeping God our priority, it is our choice. And it's a constant effort because John 10 and 10 tells us the thief commits a step to steal kill and destroy the enemy wants to steal our time he wants to steal in the abundance of god he wants to steal our commitment from the church Amen. because if we are to prosper if our soul is to prosper we've got to be committed to the church Amen. Amen. and the wish of this pastor is for us to get committed to the church with our time our talents and our treasures Why is that my wish? Because I've been in the church all my life. And the ones who commit to the church are the ones who prosper. The ones who commit to the church are the ones who prosper. The ones who want to contribute, the ones who will contribute, will stay in the church. And those who don't contribute are the ones who will always struggle to stay in church. So as as pastor, Brother Eddie, I think my wish for this church is that people would commit to the church amen that's my wish today I have a couple more wishes because John had some wishes and, and his next next wish was John in my text it was John uh, 3 and verse 4 he said for I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee even as thou walkest in the truth verse 4 he said I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth when Texas and Jacob got up here and started the service this Thursday and Friday, couldn't have been any more proud of them. Done a great job. As Bethany plays and sings, and she got up and ministers and preached to the church a couple weeks ago, I was so proud. I To see my kids walking, but here's the thing that you've got to understand. They are my children, but also look at you that way. I know some of you may be older than me, but I still look at you as my children. Because this is how this is how it works with a pastor. And then when I when I look at you as my children, my sons and the daughters in the gospel, because that's what you have become in my life. The son, my sons and daughters in the gospel. Some of you are sons and daughters, and some of you are like grandkids because I I ain't the one that actually brought you into this world, but uh, I helped get you in the church, and then you help get somebody else in the church. So almost come be like uh, grandkids and great grandkids that's coming in the church. And, and, and the wish of pastor is to see that you are walking in truth. That is my greatest, one of my greatest desires and a wish as a pastor. Nothing thrills me and God anymore than than, than when we see people get it. When we see people get a revelation that uh, that that the new birth experience is what's going to take to get you to heaven, and, and, I, and, and how I start seeing that is when you know when I see people say, you know what, this has changed my life, and now that I want to share it with somebody else, I want to give somebody else the gospel, and I, I want to teach Bible studies, and I, I wanna, and this is what Apostle Paul, or Apostle John was saying: no greater joy than for me than to see my children walking in God, and I want to tell you what there's no. Nothing greater than I when I when I see Jenna Jenna, uh, posted after Sunday night. She posted something on Facebook and and and, uh, she she posted. I think it was something along the lines. She said uh, uh, the church. um, How did she say? It's pretty much something I had said behind the pulpit because I didn't know if she was listening or not last Sunday, but evidently she must have been because she posted something about uh, how the uh, the church would never fail, you know, something. It was along the lines of something. I was like, wow, yeah, all right. When, When I see people post on Facebook about the good things of God and what God's doing, that thrills me to death because to me that lets me know God something good is happening something good is going on and nothing thrills God and me any more than that. Than to know that that is, that is my wish as a pastor that people would get it Brother Eddie because when they get while we're doing this church thing their lives begin to change but why did that happen to Brother Jesse Hendrix? I was talking about because Brother Jesse Hendrix had lived in sin long enough he said I'm sick of sin I don't want to live in sin no more. And that's what happens when you get sick of that lifestyle and you realize if I keep living like I'm living, I'm going to go to hell. And when somebody finally gets it, Brother Eddie, they realize, they begin to, this is how it works. It works just like the, what I'm talking about. My, my wish as the pastor is somebody would put God as priority. Because when you put, start putting God as priority, all of a sudden your soul begins to prosper and the things of your life begins to happen. And all of a sudden you start seeing all these great things uh, begin to transpire. You also see the bad things because hell's going to hit you when you start trying to live for God. Hell's going to hit you. But God puts something inside of you. It's like, okay, I. I know this is hard right now but this is just for a season because when this life's over I have eternity to look at me and I got and there's only listen I have not said it but let me say it again there's only two places folks we're either going to heaven or we're going to hell and whatever that soul is doing is going to determine it praise God and when that soul begins to prosper praise the Lord we begin to get it and understand that this is the only way that's going to get me to heaven Amen. don't get me wrong I'm not saying this church is the only way to get to heaven but I'm talking about what Jesus said except that man be born again of water and of spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven John 3 5 is where that at, that's at and that's when Peter stood up that day in Acts two thirty eight and give his interpretation of it when he said that you've got to repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for your remission of sins and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that's that's what we got to get today that message will change your life we start walking in that truth. And this is what John was saying. His last of his epistles, when he said, "I have no greater joy than to hear that, wow, you're walking in it. You figured it out." And that's the wish of this pastor today. And I know some of us have. We have figured it out, but we have some that needs to figure it out. Amen that's the wish of a pastor today John has one more thing that he wishes for he said I, I wish that you would prosper I have no greater joy to, f- to see that you're walking in this truth in verse 5 he said beloved thou doest faithfully whatsoever thou doest to the brethren and to the strangers which have borne witness of thy charity everybody say charity what no charity is this love that born witness of thy love before the church whom if thou bring forward on their journey after a godly sort thou shalt do well the final wish of this pastor here today I actually have two more but the next the final one here with, with John is, is he said I want us to love I want us to love Bishop Bishop talked about it that first night what Jesus seen from that cross has seen everybody he's seen us right where we were and he loved them anyway and I want us that's the wish I don't care who comes through them doors I want us to love them here's the thing the Bible says love covers a multitude of sin right love covers everything It's that parent that has that child that is has a handicap in their life, and other people from the outside may be looking in and thinking, man, I just don't think I could handle taking care of a kid like that, but it's that mom and dad that looks at them and says, I love them, I don't care what's going on, or it's that mom and dad that looks at their kids that, that has strayed away and done crazy things, and, and maybe they even find herself in jail and prison and killing people, but that mom and dad that that really loves them, kid looks at them and says, you know what, I know they've been this and I've been that, but I love them anyway, I want that love to encompass us coming into this church, that is the of the pastor because I want to tell you what when we don't love it becomes something in the church that destroys the church of God He has fought our church so hard and it's called disunity and we do not need disunity in our church because when we love each other we can have unity and and we can bind together in this unity and I'm going to tell you what, unity is not what we think it always is. Unity is when we come together for a common goal but also willing to lay aside our differences in our life because Brother Eddie, if me and you hung around long enough with each other side by side all the time, we're going to find things that's going to get on each other's nerves, okay? That's just all it is because I love that beautiful lady down there but I want to tell you what there's times I need to go fishing and she needs to go shopping (laughs) don't you tell her I said she needs to go shopping there's times that we need to separate because we've just been together too much and there's things that just irks us and we get on our nerves but at the end of the day we realize that we're married and we're trying our best to build a family and we're going to stay together and that's what we need in the church as a pastor I'm, that is my wish here today is that we can realize okay, yeah, I, they get on my nerves I can't hang around them all the time but i got to love them anyway you can love somebody and not like them that's what we got to understand 'Cause there's been a lot of times I love my kids and I didn't like them and I know they loved me and they didn't like me either. <laughs> See Betty over shaking her head, yeah and it's been the same way with with y'all out there I know you've loved me at times there's times you didn't like me well it goes both ways there's been times I love you to death but I didn't like what was going on but let me tell you what we gotta come together that common ground of love that says you know what why are we here because this city right here needs a light it needs a refuge it needs a church you know what it don't need it don't need my burden hallelujah to be broken and leave this place there was a sister Odie Huff that prayed for 20 years that got me here praise the Lord that's one reason and I'm here there's a drug addict out there somewhere that was praying I need a different direction that's why I'm here today that's why you're here somebody's praying somebody's seeking and we need to push some things to the side and just say oh I gotta love people anyway John talked about it in his first epistle in 1 John 4, 7. He said, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. He is love. And he went on to say, in this was manifested the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten son in the world that we might live through him. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. He sent his son to be the to be the propitiation for our sins or the replacement for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and love is perfected in us. Hereby know that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us his spirit. But The wish of this pastor today is if we could love each other. And not just us, but people out there. Jesus hung on that cross as Bishop uh, preached uh, Wednesday night. He looked out there. What did he see? He's seen dying lost souls. And I hope that you and I, from the cross that we're supposed to pack in our life, could look off in our cross. And a lot of times that's why we can't have that. We don't have that love in our life because we drop our cross. The moment we drop our cross is the moment we quit loving people. Because if we'll pack that cross on our shoulder, Brother Eddie, then it'll, be, it'll remind us, hallelujah, what he done for us, the thorns. I didn't even realize they'd put these up here the other day. And I know good and well I'm going to sit down and I'm going to shove one of these in my arm one of these days. But somebody brought them, and Brother David may have brought them to me. But, but uh, uh, history kind of tells us that the thorns that they made, the, the crown of thorns out of is a lot bigger than this, okay? A lot bigger than that. He shed blood for us. He went through so much and he loved us. And we need to love each other. And that's the wish of this pastor. In closing today, this is, this is the verse I want to read. I have two sections of the verses, but this is my introduction to my close. Here's Luke 18 and 8. It said, Jesus said, nevertheless, the latter part of that verse said, nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on earth. The last wish that that I want to give you today, of this pastor, is for the church to have faith. For the church to have faith, and I know we've been battered over several years. We've been we've went through some things that's that's hurt our faith, brother. Eddie, that's destroyed a lot of things in our life. But we need faith that will move every mountain that comes in our life. We need faith that will change every aspect of the city of Marion. I was looking at the statistics not too long uh, go Sister Chastity. The city has actually lost numbers and population since we've been here. That bothers me. I want it to grow. But the Aaron Bounds pastors a church in Zanesville, Ohio. He's an incredible man, incredible pastor. He actually had the mayor of that city to come to him and say, Pastor Bounds, I know that this city is beginning to prosper economically a big part because of your church you think about that the mayor of the city come to the pastor Pastor Bounds and said I know our city is prospering economically because of the influence of this church in this city I want this church to be a catalyst in this city to where people don't want to move away but they want to move here The wish. I want to see it prosper. I want that faith that will change every aspect of the city of Marion the drug statistics begin to go down because this church becomes a refuge, a place that gives people hope and they realize that if you go to that church and you can get prayer, your life will change uh, listen to me, there's so many things inside of me that I won't uh, uh, I'd I, I love to have an apostolic bookstore here someday, I'd love to have an, uh, a, uh, uh, a um, daycare in this city I I want us to be all wrapped up inside of this city but it's not going to happen if we don't uh, listen to my little wish list here that I don't know everything but I know when God has spoke to me and I felt it really strong this morning as soon as I woke up I want this church to prosper because when you begin to prosper the church begins to prosper after all this is what our theme is for this year and it has to start with self we've got to start prospering and the only way we're going to start prospering is when we look in that mirror and we make up our mind and say you are going to be different you are going to start putting God priority in your life you I'm talking about us looking at in that mirror and saying you're going to do something you're going to make something of yourself praise God not a name for yourself but you're going to bring glory to God you're going to let everybody know that God's changed my life and that will bring the greatest revival this city has ever seen and not only will it do that but your life will change in a way you never imagined we haven't heard brother Jesse Hendricks preach that much down here he's preached a few times but we've heard brother Wade Hendricks preached and brother Wade Hendricks is an incredible young preacher and you know why brother Wade Hendricks would not be in the church if it was not for a dad that allowed the wish of a pastor to change his life and you know what happened brother Jesse embraced uh, uh he embraced pastor Fuller's at that time's uh, uh, wishes and he he all of a sudden he began to give himself to the church and he began to love people because I'm gonna tell you I lived behind brother Jesse all my life and they were some of the meanest people in the world okay They killed more more than one dog and cat of mine. And I was upset at them all the time. Nothing to see them come in drunk. uh, Screaming, yelling, cussing going on over there. But I want to tell you what. God changed their life. Why? Because he caught the burden of a man of God. He caught the burden of a church. And he got in there. And his life changed his family tree. Texas needs to get his generational curse breakers podcast going again. I don't know if y'all guys have listened to what he's been saying or not. But you know what? Texas made his mind up. I'm going to break the curse that my family has been under. And that young man has broken. He's come out of this city. He's not the only one. There's more in this city that needs to have that broken their life. And they need this life. They need this church. We can do this. We can see the greatest revival this city has ever seen. It's going to come from faith. Where's that faith going to come from? It's going to come from the Word of God, all right? It's going to come from the Word of God. Who brings the Word of God to our lives? It's the preacher. I'm not always comfortable. talking about myself like this but I I think I need to do it a little bit more we need to understand I am nobody whether I embrace this pulpit or it's Texas or it's Bethany or it's Jacob or it's Bishop White or my brother or whatever preacher stands up here you can trust if I allow them up here I I trust them I trust they're not going to hurt us and whoever stands here we need to let them speak faith into our life and we got to be careful what speaks into our life because whatever speaks into us is what gives us faith for whatever we're going to do the Word of God says in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now here's where a lot of people says oh, All you got to do is call upon the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. It's not that easy. Because he qualifies that verse with the following verses. He said, How then shall they call on him who they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? how shall they preach except they've been sent I believe God sent me here and is it written how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings a good thing but they have not all obeyed the gospel for Isaiah said who hath believed our report then he tells us where this faith comes from to be saved so faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God In order for us to be saved, brother uh, we need somebody that can tell us what the Word of God says, hallelujah, that can change our life. And Brother Bobby Wade, I said this the other night, and I I close with this statement here tonight, or this afternoon. I close with this statement because it radically shook my thinking of some things. Because I don't know how many times I've said, I don't know that I've got enough faith for that. And Brother Bobby Wade said this, he said, if you don't have faith, you must be deaf. And he went on to say, faith comes by hearing the word of the Lord. That's scripture. Then he goes on to say, you are just being selective about what you hear. And when we shut the voice of the preacher out of our life, you will have no faith. I don't know how many people have shut the voice of this preacher out of their life and that's scary but I believe that God is going to open some ears in the people and I want to tell you today this is the wish I close with this today this is the wish of this preacher because Brother White brought it into reality of my mind To tell... I'll be honest with you. To tell you that I haven't sat back and thought, God, are you going to move me from Marion? I've thought it. I haven't lost my burden for the city. But if nobody has faith, it could come to that. Don't turn a deaf ear to the preacher. And I close with this statement today. Please... Don't kill the burden of the preacher. Open our ears. And let's get some faith. And let's believe that God is going to do great things in this city. I believe it, Brother Eddie. I heard heard Bishop preach. You know what? I heard him say some finality, but I'm going to choose this direction. I'm going to say, God... You're bringing an end to some things that we don't want no more. And you're fixing to bring to life. Amen. I'm done today. If you'd like to come pray, you're welcome. Come pray. I bet we just all pray together right now? Lord, we love you. We thank you, Jesus. You're so good. You blessed us so much. Thank you.